England at senior level, but the under-18s going well. It's still an exciting time for the women's game in Wales. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear at length from the women's rugby under-18 Six Nations Festival in Edinburgh shortly. But we'll start by looking forward to the next Women's Six Nations game at home to France and back at the defeat in England with coach Johan Cunningham. It was a great opportunity after the England game to take some good learnings from that as a group, which we've done. Uh, in that first half as well, we actually created a lot of opportunities, which we showed the team that we just have to execute better. We did well actually to get out of our own 22, where we were under a lot of pressure in our first for 10 minutes. And then we made a half a break up the tunnel side and... And those are the opportunities that we didn't quite uh, capitalise on. So we're going to take those learnings and excited to put that towards uh, France uh, week Friday. The squad is really looking forward to it. We had a good training day on Tuesday. So yeah, just looking forward to moving forward really. Obviously up until now in the tournament there's been some big highs for this side. The first two rounds, obviously the last one was the first time they've probably had to deal with that disappointment for a while. How have they reacted to that? Yeah, they've been good. Obviously disappointed, which is not true. We're all disappointed. You know, the group is tight, they're enjoying each other's company, they're working hard. And like I said, we've seen it as an opportunity to learn off currently the best team in the world. And we trouble them as well, create a lot of opportunities, like I said, and just making sure that we're just a bit more clinical when we play those top sides, because you don't get that many opportunities. More difficult perhaps for the players to look at it this way, because of obviously how intense this, this period is. But as a coaching group, do you sort of look at that as a bit of a benchmark now and something to, to strive towards in terms of England? Yeah, definitely. You know, you look at their performance on the field. There's a lot of stuff we can take from that. You know, they they want to play with a lot of intensity and tempo. Like you just look at the way they they go towards their lineouts and and create that tempo, control their tempo. So uh, that's something that we can look at. Plus, also our kicking game. I think we can really look to develop our kicking game to relieve pressure, but also put pressure on on the opposition. So those two areas to start off with, we definitely look to work on, especially leading into a, a World Cup. Looking at France, last time out they won quite comfortably. But as you've shown earlier in this tournament, you've turned things around quite quickly against teams that did that to you last year. So does this feel like a bit of an acid test coming up now next week? I think it's uh, two things. Obviously, you're going to come up against another quality opposition in France. But also, let's see how we are resilience in the, in the group as well and being able to bounce back and stick to what we put in place, trust the process, which I'm sure we will do. You know, it's great about this sport. You an opportunity to get back on there. And we got it uh, week Friday, so yeah, can't we? Your scoreline is no different to the other teams that have played England, is it? So, I mean, you've got a benchmarking there, if you like, and you make the point they are the best team in the world, probably one of the best teams the world's ever seen, and they should be, given their numbers and, and the money and the investment or whatever. But um, is the next game an even bigger test, if you like, because you want to be that little bit more competitive against the likes of France and Italy? Yeah, I think also being able to bounce back off that and take those learnings quickly and put it into practice against you know another top side. But as you said, England average four points a game and only concede about five, so I can't see anyone in the world at the moment beating them. But we've got to make sure we learn a lot from that and try to close the gap as quickly as possible. But we're excited with the challenge on France at home. You know, Scotland troubled them a bit uh, last Sunday, so hopefully we can do the same. In a game that has 14,000 people watching, and that's a week before they have 16,000 watching Northern Ireland women against England women, there's a huge explosion in interest and pressure, I guess, for the players on the field in women's sport. Do you feel as though you're part of a trailblazing culture here? I'm just loving it. I think it's brilliant. 
the excitement around the women's game at the moment is is brilliant. Uh, women's sport in general, and you know our girls have put so much hard work in over the years and, and deserve what they get now. And but also it's dealing with expectation is important. But again, we say to back themselves. They put a lot of work in and just go out and express themselves because they're quality players. So what a stage to put it on. And mentally, how did they take to that occasion last week and playing England? Because a lot of them know the girls because they play with them or against them in the in the Premiership uh, weekly. You know, they're friends with a lot of them as well, so they knew them. They prepared well mentally. They were in a good place. It was excitement. We spoke about the crowd and and to do those farewell really and. Definitely our first 30 to 40 minutes, I thought we, were, we did really well. How long do you think it would take for Wales to get up to those sort of levels of coordination, forward power, skill sets in the backs, etc.? I think that you can see the strides we made in the last three months. And before then, the, the stuff we put in in the autumn, I think you know we've accelerated a fair bit. And I'm just excited by the opportunity we got to work with this group over the summer and what we could put in place there. And going into the August period where we'll have some... World Cup warm-ups and I think in the next 12 months I think you see a big strides in this group how quickly we can get close to I'm not, I'm not sure yet but I definitely confident we close the gap definitely year on year we need to try to grow our own players we've already got a fantastic under-18s programme which were brilliant over the weekend and last week up in Edinburgh so you know suddenly this depth is coming through so it's going to be great over the next few years listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. So let's hear much more about that under-18 Six Nations Festival in Scotland. Wales unbeaten, with victories over Italy, Scotland and Ireland in an innovative format. Wales defence coach is Katrina Nicholas-McLaughlin, a former international, someone who's been in a Wales side that beat England no less, and also the highest qualified female coach in Wales. So lots to talk about, starting with how they found the festival itself. The festival format has been really beneficial for the pathway in this age group because we've been able to put things from the training park into practice and then we've seen those components of the game develop throughout our time here at the festival, the scrum being one area in particular, which we've seen really come on immensely. Other things then that, you know, their game understanding, where think things that we've done in training, then we've just seen them execute in the game and the understanding that the girls have shown as well. And, you know, they're like, oh, that's why we do this. And like, you can see how proud they are and how much they've come on. So running this in a festival format has been really beneficial to us as a team and as the girls as a cohort. Two good wins against Scotland and Italy to start, both to nil before facing Ireland. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Really, really proud of the girls in terms of the way that they've defended. Uh, One of the things that we've really worked on is our organisation and our understanding of why we defend the way that we do, which is my area. So that makes me, you know, almost twice as proud. So, um, you know, we went into this game with um, with a lot of confidence. But again, because of the festival format, the organisers up in Scotland we very much uh, looked at what had gone well from the Saturday games and were there any things that we wanted to improve. So on Saturday, we did seven styles restarts, which meant that the team that conceded were continually under pressure. Now, obviously, that benefited us at the time. But when you look at the game as a whole, it was our 
the teams getting the best experience and understanding that they could possibly do so. So all the teams suggested we go back to the original format. And then that benefits them in terms, you know, their ability to catch a kickoff and a high ball. And it also takes the pressure off the team that have conceded. So it just shows how well the festival's been run. And then also allowed us then to experience the kickoffs in today's game, which we did incredibly well. And we scored a fantastic try off one of them. So it's been great. So take us through that Ireland game. A really equally matched game. Both teams came out, competed fearlessly. One of the things we want to look at is being ruthless and being relentless and to keep coming. And I think both teams did that, Ireland and ourselves. And, you know, the stats show that already is that like the game was really, really equally matched. The things that we've been doing in practice, our, the line-outs, the starter plays, our phase play, you could see all that come in. And even at halftime, the girls were like, oh, this went really, really well. And, oh, did you see this happen? Oh, no, we've done this. And so even through the game, you could see the game understanding of the players. Those little bits starting to click and that realisation of what they're doing fits a bigger purpose. But I think the game today, I think, It's probably one of the proudest I've felt as a coach, just to see that learning take place and to see that self-belief and that understanding. But also, when players were coming off, they were coming off with big smiles on their faces and like really embracing the person going on and wishing them luck. And you can see the pride and sincerity in them. So it just shows that as a group, how much they've grown, they've come on and, you know, how much they think of each other. So that that's like been really, really pleasing and proud proud thing to see as a coach and what was the final score we were 17 10 final score winners clean sweep in the event and you say you talk about the progress but that'll have uh, been a really nice finish for you too oh yeah it's a brilliant finish for us and what these girls deserve for the work that they've put in and will serve them really well going forward in the future They've set the bar for themselves now. It's our hope that as individuals and as a team now, they're going to kick on because they've experienced what it is to play an international festival. They've experienced the increase in the physicality, the speed of the game. So they're all going away from here with plans on how they can become the best player they can possibly be. Under-18 rugby in the women's game at this level has either been a bit sporadic or in recent years just not existed at all. So... How good is it to get this level of rugby back up and running and this sort of system in place? Yeah, it has, as you said. Like, we've never run a national under-18s before. There's club under-18s, but sometimes that's spread out over far distances in Wales. So this would be the first step in a pathway for girls and women's rugby. And even watching the games and the other teams today, you can see what the potential could be in, like, five, six years' time when these girls go from under-18s to senior rugby you can really see where the game could go, the level of professionalism, you know, the athleticism that they're demonstrating. So the pathway, should it continue in the direction that it looks to be going, not just from Wales, but from all the other nations, and the investment will definitely help to bolster the women's game in the future. And how much are the young girls, under 18 girls, looking at the professional game now at the top level and being inspired by those opportunities? Uh, Most certainly. As I said, we've done um, individual plans with them, and now that's actually something they can aspire to. They can now turn around and say, I want to be a professional rugby player, which they couldn't do 12 months ago. So that drive 
to be the best they can be, be in the best physical condition, you know, prepare themselves best mentally and make good lifestyle choices. There's now an extra driving factor and force behind that is it is now for the first time a possibility that they could make a career out of being a, a rugby player, which you can see with these girls is something that's really exciting. But I think one of the other things that we're starting to see now within this tournament is female coaches. So all the nations have come with one, if not more, female coaches. So as well as that, it shows that they have an opportunity, not just as a player in rugby, but all the other areas, so coaching, team managers, etc. So it's been a real eye-opener for some of these girls. And it's the questions now, because they're looking at future careers, So, well, how did you get into your job and what do I need to do to be that, become a professional coach? What do I need to do to become a team manager? So it's made them realise a lot of opportunities that they have to, if not make it as a professional rugby player, how they can become a professional within the game itself. And it's obviously very, very different to the process when you were coming through to play for Wales. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Most certainly, I was really lucky that there was an under-19s programme when I was young, but then that went not long afterwards. So, um, yes, it's a totally different process and there's there's so many more opportunities now for these girls, um, which is fantastic to see. Just a bit more about your journey, how you've come into coaching at this level. So I was very fortunate that when I was still playing, I'm a sports teacher by trade or a sports lecturer and I started working at College Camoys and have been involved in the boys under 18s pathway there for the past eight years where I coach defence as well. So I've been working with boys for the last like eight, nine years. I've continued to be involved in the boys. I've done Cardiff rugby under 17s last summer. But I've always been a little bit reluctant to get involved in the women's game until now, if I'm honest, because of the lack of opportunity that was there. But now with the pathway coming through, you can see the potential for the future. So now you can see the opportunity. You can see really hopeful and bright future for the women's rugby, especially in Wales. Whereas before, I suppose, it was always, I think it was more firefighting deal with what you got instead of developing players for the future that's kind of my journey but it's been hard it's been really tough being a minority within the male dominated game I'm the only level four female coach in Wales at this point in time so I suppose that's a really proud attribute that they have but facing battles along the way to be accepted but that's another big change as well is that It is accepted now for females or the acceptance is becoming wider spread that people are more accepting of female coaches in this game now. So that's fantastic as well. So that must have been, as you say, quite a battle. And you're the only the only level four qualified (laughs) coach, quite a battle in that in that male dominated world. What sort of reactions did you get from people? Um, the most common one is being directed to the medical room and assume that I'm the first aider or the physiotherapist, which used to bother me immensely, but now I've kind of embraced it. So it's just like, yeah, that's fine. That's no problem. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, that was probably one of the ones people don't shake, necessarily shake your hand after the end of the game if you've won and they've lost to save face. But I've been very lucky that the circle 
I've worked in within the men's game quite quickly became accepting. It's just when you branch outside that circle, then that people are like, oh, okay, oh, right, you're the coach. I do apologize. I'm sorry. Whereas I said, I think as I've got older, I've just mellowed about it. And whereas when I was younger, I used to get a little bit more frustrated by it. <laughs> also, because you're one of the people who, who knows what it's like to play in a Wales team that can beat England. We look at yeah. <laughs> uh, results from the weekend and stuff like that. Do you think we can get back to that level that the professionalism in Wales, albeit with a slightly slow start maybe, can get back up to the state where you are competing equally? Definitely. And I think this um, this week has, has shown us that. This week has shown us that as long as the investment is there and a pathway is there, that it might not be overnight, but there's, that we can definitely compete Ireland have shown now when they played against England we've been fortunate enough we were able to do some set piece work with England as well you know we were able to hold our own so I think as long as a pathway is in place as long as in Wales the support is there which it is at the moment as long as the support is there for players to come on and follow that professional pathway I certainly think that we can compete with the likes of England and France. So have the last few days in Scotland shown that at under-18s level, at least, England aren't as dominant as they are at senior level. And as long as the other countries maintain the progress or catch up on the progress, it doesn't have to be one-sided forevermore. Yeah, I think so. It's not just England, it's France who have kind of led the way in the professional era. And it's certain to see, just watch Scotland and um, Italy play. And they've played some really good rugby, really impressive rugby. And then again, in our game, like Ireland play some unbelievable rugby, as did we. And I think it does show that there's the potential there, but the support needs to continue to be there. And as long as that's the case, then I do think the gap can be narrowed, most certainly. What's next what, for both yourself and for the under-18s programme? Well, it's the hope that this programme will continue to progress. There's talks at the moment who's going to host this um, tournament next year. So I think that's something that will be addressed over the, the coming weeks because all the nations, all six nations that have been here have seen the value and the success in it. So that's something. And then with the hope then of an under-20s programme taking place and hopefully we should see an under-26 nations follow a similar format to the women's in the not-so-distant future. So you can see that the pathway is growing so we can go to 18s to 20s and then on to senior rugby, which will certainly keep those girls in a pathway and groups together, which will just enhance the future of the game. Now, you're a mother as well, so does that cause some challenges for you as well? Yeah, it certainly is the balance being a parent, coaching and being away, which, like I have to say, these group of girls and, and the staff that I work with have really embraced. So um, I've got two little ones. It's nice to kind of hopefully be a role model for them as well. It's my hope that by taking on such coaching roles that I can be a role model for my children, but also to show the group of players that we're with now, but also any female coaches of the future, that you can balance having a family, being a mum, and coaching at an international level. Certainly sounds a difficult balancing act. <laughs> yeah, it can be. I'm lucky I have a very supportive husband and uh, very helpful parents who have helped out while I've been away and um, obviously the use of FaceTime now has been invaluable 
you know, the ability to still speak to the kids over the phone so they can see you. So um, that's helped immensely being away. Difficult may be, but she seems to manage it pretty well. Katrina Nicholas McLaughlin there, talking about Wales women's under-18s and much more besides. Next week at the Welsh Rugby Union podcast, is a chance to hear from the big three of Welsh Rugby. Chief Executive Steve Phillips, Performance Director Nigel Walker and Head of Participation Gary Job. Worth listening out for. Until then, goodbye.